0: Let's pray and get right into the lesson. Father, we praise you and thank you for this day, knowing that this is the day that you have made We rejoice and are glad. We thank you for another opportunity to worship you in spirit and in truth. It is the authority of your word that gives me confidence to make boldly known the mysteries of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I do lean to depend on the Holy Spirit as educator and guide to give me clear articulation of speech and deliberation of thought as I make manifold known the wisdom of God. Holy Spirit, I say, have your way. Do what only you can do, anoint the people's ears to hear what the Spirit has to say to the church. And Father, in everything that shall be accomplished and revealed, you be glorified. For it is in the name of Jesus that we do praise you and give you glory. In Jesus' precious name, amen. I want to thank you for listening to the broadcast tonight. I'm going to begin a new series, but before I do, I want to kind of date this particular one. Today marks my 20th year of ordination, and I give God all praise, honor, and glory. And like I was telling someone the other day when talking about the things that the Lord has done in our lives and how he's confirmed so many promises and truths, that truly this year has been, um, and and the year's presence um, is serving him, enlightening. I've grown so much. But I feel um, in the last few years that I've started all over again, has have a, have a new freshness, uh, a new insight on the scripture. And hopefully in the things that are shared this year and throughout the years to come, you will sense that passion and fervor of things that have been enlightened to me by the Holy Spirit. And so I trust that today's lessons and the lessons to come will spark a revolution in your hearts to live by faith and not by sight. Thank you for listening to the broadcast tonight. Well, tonight our topic is going to launch a set of teachings entitled, The Success Commentary. The Success Commentary. And my objective is clear and simple. Simply succeed. Choose to succeed. Turn with me to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1, and we're going to read verses 1 through 10. Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 10. What I will do at the beginning of each of these series is give you the five passages which we'll go to on each lesson so that way you are enlightened as to the process and you can take notes accordingly. But we're going to go to Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 10. that we're going to find our passage, our New Testament passage in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 13. And we have three support scriptures in Hebrews chapter 2, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and Hebrews chapter 9. So we have Joshua chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, Hebrews chapter 2, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and Hebrews chapter 9, those five passages. And so let's begin in Joshua chapter 1. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord came to pass, it came to pass, that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go over this Jordan, thou and all this people unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you. As I said unto Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river of Euphrates, all the lands of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any Man, be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. And as I was with Moses, so will I be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land, which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and be thou very courageous. That thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest now, after the death of Moses, the service of, um, that thou mayest do us all according to their end. Now, the end of it says, that thou mayest observe to do according. To all the law which was given to Moses, my servant as second command return not from uh the right hand nor to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. Amen. Now here's here's a very dynamic passage which were given by God, and this is the passage of the call of Joshua, but also the transition of the children of Israel out of the wilderness into the promised land. And they had seen the promised land, and some had set out to spy <laughs> they had not entered. They had been used to um, a way that God padded himself by following a cloud of uh, by day and a pillar of fire, which God would appear by night, which um, they would travel and, and be led. And they were led out of Egypt into a promised land. God had promises for them. But God was letting them know that there was going to come transitions by change and they would have to adapt to those changes and i think one of the pivotal times is at the transfer of leadership where the first leadership had failed and god had raised up the leadership that was already active in the house to fulfill that which he had commanded but not only would god transition them by change but god would uh change the levels uh would not change the levels of his faithfulness just because the leadership changed which i which i wanted you to understand in life that even though Um, there are changes in life. God is changing you, and he's raising you up as somebody new. But it's always because there's been a path of faithfulness from others that have been waiting and awaiting to see the manifestations of the promises of God that affect your life. So God has other people uh, uh, in mind that, uh, that are faithful to his cause. And he will always honor their faithfulness. And just because the leadership changed, as long as they would obey the provisions and the promises, they were still achievable. And the first level of victory was achieved by mere obedience to the instructions. But the next set of victories would be by application of those instructions. See, Moses led by concentrating on the voice of God. And that was wonderful. But Joshua would have to use his hands and his feet in conquest. And that was the next level. The the kingdom suffereth violence, but the violence take it by forth. In this season we must change with transition, but we must trust that God is faithful and that just because leadership has changed, it doesn't change his provisions and promises and that they are still achievable. But there does it require more than just mere obedience to what, it, what you hear. You're going to have to apply uh, what you've heard to instructions based on your actions. And that's what we are reminded of in this passage. Of course, you know, the Old Testament was written for our learning that we, through the comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. So we observe the Old Testament and the passages so that we can get some type of sense of how God operates with his people and see how, he, uh, how it applies for us today. God required Joshua to start by completing what was old. Moses, my servant, is dead was his first speech to the people of God, and that we must continue what we set out to do. In verse 8, the scripture lets us know in Joshua, and let's read that one as a, as a way of focus for this lesson, and the only passage in the Old Testament or in the entire Bible that uses the word success. And so it's important that at least for the sake of Scripture, since we're studying the Scriptures, we start with that very passage, which says this. (laughs) In Joshua chapter 1, it says this in verse 10, or actually verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. But thou shalt meditate on it day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. That thou shalt make thy way prosperous and then thou shalt have good success. And so I think it's important that we learn that not only did God um, give the law as an oath to the people uh, to uphold the sake of their prosperity and provision, but he promised some things so that they can be assured of their divine protection. But they have to follow what has been passed down to them. Amen. Now. In the passage of the scriptures. We are ignited. Hallelujah. To, to succeed in this particular scripture. And God grew them up through time. And it takes time for God to grow us up also as he did with Joshua. And I think that he is a living uh, testimony to the wonders and the works of God and his provision for us to excel and achieve greatness in life <laughs> through success. I will make Then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and thou shalt have good success. It is as simple as a resolve, a revolutionary decision to make necessary alterations in life to position one's own outcomes to their desires and, and or destiny. Success. Is, is this state. The following commentary explores practical principles in scriptures that affirms uh, the believer in achieving extra- extraordinary accomplishments this year in exploits and accomplishments, embracing those compliments, and serving as a divine ambassador from heaven to advance the kingdom of God. Captured in the heart of every believer is supernatural ability to exercise great works and, and wonders for God. And through Christ we can do all things. And that is the expectation of God with us being enlightened through and by his spirit that we experience his goodness and his grace while we are alive and remain. Think of all the advantages we read about in the scriptures, the signs and wonders and the workings of redemption. There is no question that God desires for us to see humanity ascend to unprecedented accomplishments. (laughs) But also in his infinite wisdom, I want you to hear me now very clearly. He is not assisting us in the path of success. He is not aiding us with anything other than the innate abilities to connect to what is deep-seated within our souls to accomplish life. And the choice is really up to us to achieve that life. I love the famous quote that states that, that the only place success comes before work in the dictionary, uh, is in the dictionary. And this is true, but even more so profoundly, the Scriptures has very little use for the word success. But when it is used in the Scripture in the context around the passage, which we just read in Joshua chapter 1, it uses the word success to provoke us to the experience of transitioning change that is necessary for us to get ahead so we can obtain the promises of God by faith. And, better, and it takes a better time to reflect on the success uh, than um, the, then at the beginning of starting something through change. So God is going to change some things, And I want you to understand that he simply wants us to succeed. He simply wants us to succeed. Now, if you haven't done this already, I would love for you each year when we begin teachings, I encourage everybody to get one notebook specifically for this particular teaching because at each lesson, I give enough scripture and enough content for us to, to 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 leave out with some concrete answers and evidences in the scripture that can help set a path to success. That's why I wanted to start this particular year, this prophetic year, in which God is liberating us to, to enter into these promises with this success commentary. You know, out of all the years that I have uh, been serving the Lord. I found my resolve in the first 20 years of service to conclude that God wants to give us so much proof that, that we become unquestionable in our merely standing before other people saying this is the way. We have the truth and we have the life. Amen. And in Christ is that life. And the life is the light of men which lighteth every dark place. Hallelujah. So God wants to prove in us and through us that we have it, and of course you can always note uh, Psalms chapter one, just as a way of God ensuring. Now God's success methodology in the Scripture is coined under the term covenant, and the covenant of blessing really is God's uh, concept of success. But there are different concepts of su- su- success that we can we can go on and on, and I could have taken you through. Principles of success through other secular um, articles and aspects, but my my assignment is the Word of God. And if we can go through the Word of God and discover what success means to God, and apply it to our own lives, especially those that are are in the in the dispensation or the moment in time where we have complete access to the things of God through Christ Jesus, we should really know exactly. How to achieve the success in life. And I think we have the answer, but sometimes we have uh, overlooked it by simplifying and and secularizing sacred texts and not taking it as as validation to our confidence and our conversion in Christ. Now, if any man be in Christ, old things are pass away, and behold, all things have become new. And we're going to look at the scripture in light of that new perspective, that light of those things becoming new in us, and find the passages of scripture that makes us, lesson one, sovereignly aware, sovereign awareness revealed. And I want to confirm what the scripture means when he says that we are sealed with the spirit of promise. Now, the Holy Spirit is the intelligence of God. It is the intelligence of God. The Holy Spirit is the inspiration, to li- uh, what gives us inspiration to live out our faith. The Holy Spirit is the instructor of our new nature in Christ. And it is the instrument in which we use to hear God clearly. The Holy Spirit is the illuminator of the Christian character. And the Holy Spirit is, is the Spirit of God. It is holy. And so I'm going to be talking a lot about the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is what it releases the covenant of blessing on our lives. Because we receive things by faith and faith is a revelation of the Spirit of God. Of course, you know, the Bible says faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But the words that we were speak, the Bible says that the scriptures were written as men were moved by the Holy Ghost. So it is the moving of the Holy Spirit. The words that I speak, Jesus said, are spirit and they are life. Why? Because it, it contains the essence of who God is, who God really is. It's the intelligence of God, the inspiration to live out our faith, the instructor of our new nature, the instrument to live, uh, to hear the, which we hear God and the illuminator of our Christian character. And When we have those things uh, in place, we will we'll discover what it really means to live this Life called Christianity, Amen. And I want to always affirm us in the scriptures um, by saying simply, uh, uh, simply succeed. In this particular lesson, we want to emphasize the sovereign awareness. Now, awareness is being awakened to things that are obvious, that already exist, but we're we're doing it from God's perspective, God's eyesight. I'm reminded of the of the prophet Nehemiah. Who took it to, uh, to, you can go to the book of Nehemiah to see the, the basically the chapters in which he rebuilt the wall that took them thousands of years to build, or hundreds of years to build, rather, um, that was destroyed because of captivities and, and various wars. But God had enlightened him, and he was a service, he was a cupbearer and, and as a, uh, to the people that had held him captive. But as a result of hearing from the voice of God, he was able to set up a defense. And restore the wall in less than 15 days because he sat where God could speak to him clearly and make him aware of things to come. And God wants to do that in our own lives. He wants to be able to take us to places to where he can make things aware to us so that he can show us things to come. But if we don't connect with him spiritually, we won't have confidence to see as he sees. See, the Bible says that my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. That's for someone who's not in him. But if we are in Christ, our life is here with Christ in God. While we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen, because the things which are seen are just temporal, but the things that are not seen are eternal. And we look to the hills from which cometh our help so we can see those eternal things and apply those convictions in our hearts so we can live out our faith and confidence, knowing that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. But we have to be aware that God is on the scene and that God is available and has access. You know, I'm very concerned about the church because, you know, we've we've come up with a lot of things to try to provoke people to get them responsible to take on initiatives to succeed. And success is truly a choice in life. Nobody has to push you to success. But at the same time... We have been given, the Bible says, it is he that both causes us to will and do his good pleasure. We have been predestinated in Christ Jesus to to bring about good works that show forth the promises that have called us and translated us out of the kingdom of darkness into light. Now, the the way we do that is by looking to God. It's in him that we move, live, and have our being. And when we look within our hearts, we see that we can only exist by the power of God. So, look, our confidence don't rest in the, in, the, in the power of men, in the power of our own abilities, but in God. And we still have to remember that he's still on the throne. He has all power in his hand. And, and while we're trying to figure things out, he's already worked it out. He's, he's getting us back to the future. Yeah, and yeah, we used to we, we try to come against the notion that God is not in control because the things that we see in the world, of course He can't be in control. But when it pertains to our personal life, if we're our life is here with Christ and God, He is in control over us. He is in control over our lives. So don't get caught up in the religious jargon and the religious trend breakers who are who are nullifying the very word of God. Get caught up in what the scripture says. Become sovereign aware through the revelations of the word of God. And and in that revelation, we're going to find out that we're sealed until the day, uh, we are sealed with the spirit of promise, that God has promised some things, and he's locked it in uh, in his spirit to guarantee that once we have access to him, glory to God. Now, ultimately, our access, we need to know, in order to know that we have access, we need to know that we've been accepted by God. That God loves us and he cares for us. That he sent his son Jesus to die for us. That if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, we are saved. And that same salvation translates to us a better quality of life. Glory to God. And in doing and in doing, uh, in, in allowing God to be God in our lives and to have priority and make him first in our lives, we have access to privileges. So we are accepted by God, we have access, and then we are awakened. And that's what we're going to find tonight, and then we're going to continue in in greater quantities of the Spirit when we allow the Spirit to have His true way and bear proofs that are undeniable in our lives. That's what we're going to talk about. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 1, and let's begin reading in verses 3 through 13. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of his children by Jesus Christ to uh, to himself, according to the good pleasures of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace wherein he hath made us accepted and the beloved. Glory to God, he accepted us in whom we have redemption through his blood and the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mysteries of his will according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him, in whom we also have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purposes of him him who worketh all things. See, this is the sovereignty of God after the counsel of his own will, that we should be the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ, hallelujah, In whom we also are trusted after ye have heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, whom also after that ye believe ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. So the passage reveals the roadmap of this big word called predestination. Say predestination. And you'll see that God has given us access, but he's accepted us. He made us the accepted and the beloved, and he's given us access. He's blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places that we can obtain this promise, and he's also made us aware. So the passage reveals the roadmap of predestination. Plainly, through prioritizing the passages uh, of this passage and seeking God, I believe that the passage will spark a conversation between you and God to provoke clear awarenesses from God. The purpose that He has for you to achieve and obtain greatness in it, in in our lives. And so, when you read over those scriptures over and over, and just focus on this passage, you're going to find out a lot of information. I could take. Hours to exegete it. Um, But of course, all of this is sealed in the Holy Spirit who has this promise. So he predestinates us because now if you just take the P words and you you follow the P words that are in this passage, God has some promises. He has a place. in. First of all, he has a place for us in Christ. He has a place for us in Christ because it it pleased him for us to be predestined. So it pleased him so that we have a place. It pleased them, we are predestined hallelujah and he's and he's prudently purposed us see he he he's had prudence that means he's he's made it a point to push this out of his pleasure, our purpose to exist, and so if you have those things in in your life you're going you're going to find out what it means to be predestined. Meaning God had a plan in mind. God had some things in motion when he brought the Holy Spirit to intersect the courses of your life. He had things in mind, glory to God, to get you out of the the pit and the conditions of life and to provide the power to excel and go beyond. Why? Because he wants you to succeed in life. And I love this particular scripture. The scriptures, uh, we, we say those who are in seminary, those who have learned, the scripture says that Ephesians is the Magna Carta of the Bible. It's the core. It's the mecca of scriptures because we find out who we are. Uh, one, one writer has writing, uh, wrote, written the chapters, broken down the chapters for implementation as rooms. That first we are accepted, that this is the, this is the outer court. We are accepted and beloved. But then by the time we get into the second chapter, we find out what this inheritance is. God has promises for us. But see, if you don't know that you're predestinated to be conformed to the image of his son, to connect with God so much so that everything in you succeeds, you won't have confidence to exist as Christians. And that's why you have a lot of people that are profess God. He said, look, you you say the right things, but your heart, your heart is far from me. Because you're not connected. You don't know the advantages of the roadmap of predestination. But this also provokes us to the power of prayer, to communicate with God. When we say prayer, we mean to communicate with God. So that the unfolding of the benefits of our access to God will build trust and belief based on the confirmation of the truth that comes from the gospel. And that's what we see in this particular passage. That as a result of what we've heard, not only do we know that we're blessed with all spiritual blessings and that we've been predestined because of his pleasure to make known the purposes of his heart so that we can find out while we're here, but he also locked it in the Holy Spirit, which is the intelligence of God, the inspiration to live out our faith, the instructor of the new nature, the instruments through which we hear from God, and the illumination of our Christian character. You see how this all plays in together? God is changing us, but He's changing us to transform us into the image of His Son. So that we can walk with God, to live as Christ, and to die as gain. Dying to the concepts of this world of what we think success is, what we think purpose is, what we think uh, predestination is, and getting on the path of the straight and narrow. Finding out success in God's eyes which is connecting with the power of the Holy Spirit that transformed us out of the kingdom of darkness and into his marvelous light. we got to go on. The passage all provokes us to pray. It gives us the roadmap of predestination, but it also reveals the promises that are sealed in those that believe. So we must understand in this particular passage what it means to be redeemed because Christ has purchased through redemption inalienable rights for us to attain. By faith in him. By trust in him. See, when we believe God is accredited to us as righteousness, it it makes it right for us to get. We have rights to this walk. And this passage says, look, all of this is contained and sealed with the Holy Spirit of God, which has an earnest inheritance until redemption is purchased. How many of you know redemption was already purchased in Christ? So it's just a matter of, of us developing the understanding of what it means to be redeemed that unlocks it. So the passage provokes us, um, reveals these promises that are sealed for those who believe that they are redeemed. So it's imperative that we understand what it means to believe. The passage is loaded with the concepts that alert us to God giving us access to the privilege to experience his way of life in Christ. So we have great advantages to, um, um, that are predicated on us believing Knowing that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. This should give us reasons to seek God while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. He gives us access to sink us to what he considers success instinctively. And our Father gives us access in the spirit to set a tone of superiority over the world so we can discover the advantages of our great salvation. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 2. It says, Therefore we ought to give more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, At least by any time we should let them slip. For the words spoken by the angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward. He sh- um, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Which at first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them which heard him. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere